Hey everybody, episode 158, Hella Bass podcast, talking about the controversy coming out of the media release about Spencer Sheffield, Bass Pro Tour, Cayuga, and uh, kind of break it all down. Enjoy the episode. This week, the Hell of Ass Bass Fishing Podcast is brought to you by Arsenal Fishing. Arsenal Fishing offers premium custom-made performance apparel and tackle. Arsenal delivers a wide variety of custom-designed baits, accessories, and tools, along with unique utilitarian apparel for all outdoor enthusiasts. As part of their support, you can use code HELLABASS15 to save 15% on all purchases at arsenalfishing.com to support the show. Now let's get back to helping you catch more bass and suck less. What's up, everybody? Hello, Bass Live. Wednesday night, we're back to our normal night. Kyle, you must be super stoked that I actually went live at the correct time this week. Should be going live at this time next week. Maybe 8.30, but still Wednesday night. Got some hockey next Wednesday night, but other than that, should be uh, good to go. Should have a guest next week, maybe? Tried really hard to get a guest this week, and it didn't quite work out. We got a couple people lined up for some future lives. Coming in hot because out of the blue... I was working this afternoon, and I got a text from my child asking to go to the lake. Before I go any further, how is the sound? I switched out my backup mic, so a little crisper, not so much feedback. Let me know. And they're like, uh, my sister and my friend, we want to go to the lake. And we want to go swimming, and you can fish while we swim. <laughs> so I was like, well, they want to get out in the boat, and that doesn't happen very often. So I was like, all right, we'll make it happen. But I got to be, uh, we got to get off the water. That sounds weird again. That's weird. I wonder if there's some software update that got, we can turn it down a little bit. Let's see here. <clears throat> That's weird. Don't get too far. Two minutes left. I'll try to turn it down a little bit more. Echo cancellation is on. Should I turn it off? I feel like I usually have it on. Try turning it off. Is that any better if I turn it off? Now it's off. What's up, William? Bill? New member? What's going on? We got a new member to Team Hella. They said it's that better. Good. <clears throat> Maybe somehow that's how that got on and uh, didn't know it. Bill? William? Is now one of us, one of us, one of us. Welcome to Team Hella. Thank you very much. Much appreciated. Always glad to have. All right. Well, maybe that was our problem somehow. Maybe that got turned on when I was streaming from Big Stone without the mic or with that different setup or something. And uh, maybe that's what screwed everything up. 
Brian got him oh, Brian got him a big package from Arsenal this week, mail call, and he also got a bunch of stuff from Omni. I think he got a bunch of Chunky D's and Spro Flappy Frogs from Omnia. Probably got some jerky, too. But it was good to get the kids out on the boat. They had a blast. Uh, we actually beached up shallow. And I actually kind of wiped the boat down using the lake water. Kind of got, got the slamus kind of shined up. And uh, do some cleaner on it. Spray it down with some of the Lucas Oil Slick Wax or Slick Mist. And uh, it's looking pretty good. And then they wanted to go out some a little deeper. And I tried fishing jigworms. Didn't really, I got one pike. Had a couple other like taps, bluegill bites, things like that. But my volume dropped. We can go back up a little bit. <coughs> so that was tonight. Fish tournament last weekend. We can talk about that tournament. Also going to talk about some of the MLF stuff. Talk about some of the stuff that's happening out west. Some kind of goofy things on the some of the western team trails. If you hadn't heard about that. They're just going kind of wonky out there. But MLF released a press release, I think, Monday? Maybe Tuesday? We'll talk a little bit about that. I need to get that pulled up. <clears throat> Brian says, leave it. The walleye candy. I do have, oh yeah, we got some baits as well. Do we show baits right away? I feel like we don't open baits right away, Let's see. Let the let me get this major league fishing media advisory open for those that uh do a little setup here as well. Rich got him some strike king jigs and some craws. Good job, Rich. Glad to help. Tonight's stream. Presented by Arsenal Fishing, boosted by Powerhouse Lithium. Thank those that support the channel. But uh, so the main crux of tonight is so MLF came out uh, with their kind of ruling for Cayuga. And that happened, I mean, the event was darn near a month ago, right? It was before ICAST, and then they fished another event. Or maybe, I don't know, they fished, they fished St. Clair afterwards. So it's been multiple weeks. They've had a whole other event. There was clearly some things happening on camera at stage five at Cayuga. And so this, to refresh people's memory, Cayuga, Cayuga was before the New York season opened. Since they had uh, immediate or catch immediate way release, they could fish this tournament. And there's a couple things going on. Guys were catching the same smallmouth over and over again throughout the tournament because they're betting smallmouth. They stay on the beds for a long time. They're easy to catch. And so that definitely rubbed people the wrong way. One, they were catching them throughout the event. So, like, if they fished, you know, stage one on Monday and then they fished the second day of their round on Wednesday, they were going back to those same beds. Which, by the rules, is completely legal. Ethical, sporting, yeah, I'm not sure. But that's within the rules, but still rubbed the people the wrong way and didn't look great on camera. Now, that's happened at Bass. At Lake Fork, there was some fish getting caught multiple days in a row because they would do the, the catchway release at Lake Fork. 
But this was much more widespread with betting smallmouth. <clears throat> and uh, then there was also people throughout the tournament, and it seemed to get worse and worse, that seemed to be catching the same fish multiple times in the same day. Which, I don't care who you are, if you're knowingly catching the same betting fish over and over again in a tournament, that's just not right. That uh, shouldn't be allowed. Um, but the way they were the rules, it kind of got they they kind of got away they got away with it, and they were even visibly talking about it on live. And then the other thing was, yeah, Slick Johnson. He's an interesting guy. I, I thought about reaching out and having Slick Johnson. I I don't really want to dig into this with Slick Johnson, but I kind of like to just hear more about what is the Alabama Bass Council, the Alabama Bass Council. And there was some anglers that were doing some weird things with unhooking their fish that uh, definitely were a little iffy. There were some fish that weren't getting verified. They were bed fish. They were sight fish for the most part. <clears throat> At least even they weren't sight fishing them. They knew the fish were there and they were bed fishing. And some of these, you know, hooks were magically popping out or getting unhooked outside of the boat or getting swung in or doing different things where they weren't getting verified. <clears throat> and it really got worse and worse because the more you watched the footage, there was probably only like 30 or 40 or 50 big smallies on beds on that lake. And they were all just taking turns on them. And I mean, you got to do what you got to do at that level, you know. You know, angler A goes in, catches a 5-2. Angler B comes in after him, catches that same 5-2. Angler C comes in, right? I mean, you can't control that. But that sucks for the fishery, and it sucks for the fish. <clears throat> it's not great for the fish to get caught, you know, 12 times in three days or, or more. Um, Gator, I'll get back to the handle question a little bit. I'll start here. So there's just a whole lot. like a, And then... There was some, probably the most egregious looking things were, uh, there was at least two, maybe three times where Spencer Shuffield was fishing for a betting smallie, whether he saw it or not, but he'd like go down over the side of the boat with his back to the camera, and it looked like the smallmouth was getting trapped to the side of the boat, and all of a sudden he'd be like, Oh, and he'd bring it up, and the hook would be in one hand, and the fish in the other. And in all my years of watching live bass fishing, I can't think of a single time where an angler intentionally unhooked a fish outside of the boat before bringing it in. And that's sure what it looked like he was doing. Now... Also, on the judge, if he was sight fishing, yeah, that's that's a good way to put it, South Jersey. That's very sketch. It's super sketch. <clears throat> um, this, this good point. We'll, we'll we'll loop Sprague back in. That's part of the the consistency and the web of things. Um, 
So anyways, so first of all, it should have never gotten past the judge. The judge should have said, I didn't verify that fish was hooked in the mouth. You can't count it. It should have stopped right there. If the judge was knew the rules and understood it, and honestly, Shuffield should know that, that if it was a bedfish and he couldn't verify whether he unhooked it in the boat or out of the boat, if it doesn't get verified, then the fish just should have been thrown back. And then he could have tried to catch it again. That would have been potentially legal because I think it was you can only weigh the fish once if you see it visibly a day or something like that. Um, so regardless of whether he was actually unhooking the fish, it definitely uh, is going to tarnish his reputation for sure because it does not look good. I didn't have time to get like video uh, set up of this. I can try to look for it. If I wouldn't have gotten dragged to the lake with my kids, but you know what? That's all right. It was fun to get them out. I probably would have had it done. <clears throat> um, but yeah, MLF doesn't really have the ones where uh, <laughs> where he did that. They they don't have those in the highlight clips, surprisingly. I mean, you could go back and watch the whole live, but I don't have that kind of. Trying to see if I can find it here. I don't see this guy has a whole long video about it, but he does not put the clips in. So there's there's more to this too. <clears throat> Let me see if I can. I know we'll see. Yeah. Uh, yeah, all right. Slick Johnson's got it on TikTok here. Let me uh, see if I can get this pulled up. <clears throat> so, those of you who have not seen it can understand what we're talking about here. All right, let me uh, sneak down here, make this a little bigger. So turn your heads. <clears throat> so he's, he's, he's catching a bedding smallmouth. And back to the official, trying to get it. Now both hands go down. We take an extra long time. And now we come up, there's the smallmouth, and he's complaining about how the hook is in his finger. I'm not sure how that happens. <laughs> and then, right, so right there, the, the, the official should have never allowed it. That's just where it should have stopped. Um... <clears throat> But that happened a couple times, at least twice, maybe a couple more. So I don't know what you guys think after seeing that video, but you can see why it doesn't look good. 
Yeah, so I'm guessing, yeah. Like, probably the fish was hooked on the side of the face or something like that, absolutely. And he knew that, and that's what it, it's what it looks like. I mean, you can't prove it, but he shouldn't have been able to count that fish regardless. Um... So, fast forward a little bit, right? That Shortly after that event, MLF comes out and says, we are going to review all of the footage from all of the anglers. Anybody that was catching, because they have, uh, when, when, when they catch that fish and gets weighed and put into their scoring app, there's a GPS location. So MLF can take that data and go, you know, if you caught a four pound, you know, anything that was, let's call it within an ounce or two ounces, and you caught it within, you know, whatever, 20 feet or whatever, that you know, they, they can use the data and the coordinates to say if it was within a couple ounces and within a certain amount of feet, or a degree of GPS, right? They should be able to go back and review the timestamps of all those fish to see what was going on for the people potentially catching fish multiple times in the same day of the same fish. So they were going to do that, and they were going to review the other footage for anything else. <clears throat> there was definitely... The thing is, once you have seen a fish once especially a smallmouth and you know where it is you can back off to where you i can't see it i technically can't see it right it's too wavy now or there's a little bit of a mud line or there's a little bit of grass in the way so i can't see the fish but smallmouth are not that hard to catch so if you already know where he is you can kind of throw back and be like i'm not looking at it oh i got one like it's kind of dumb um so there was supposedly a lot of other catches and anglers being reviewed so mlf comes out with their media advisory that just came out and the headline is shuffield is getting dq'd he got basically fined i think forty five thousand dollars which i think was his would have been his winnings from this tournament so he forfeits his winnings um, and basically what they did is they didn't pay him for like the six grand he made at, because he did get paid. And then they basically withheld his winnings from St. Clair, which was like six grand or something like that. And now he owes, uh, MLF the balance of 39,000, uh, which I don't think he intends to pay. I think he intends to fight this. They updated the results. So. Anybody that was behind uh, Shuffield moved up one spot. They get their points. They get a little bump. His fish gets disqualified from heavy hitters. So you can go and look at all that stuff. <clears throat> uh, so basically, the investigation began after a video indicated the possibility that some anglers may have weighed fish while sight fishing that were not verified by officials hooked inside the mouth. And that some anglers may have caught the same twice while visibly targeting it. Right? So they said they conducted a thorough uh, investigation, da-da-da, all the, you know, 
the uh, the review, the the GPS, all that stuff. Several other anglers, they didn't say how many. Um, and this, the only the anglers that, based on their calculations, could have scored the same bass twice in Daywell saw fishing, um, or who had the opportunity to manipulate a hook placement, uh, were interviewed for polygraphs. MLF could not rule out possible violation among these anglers based solely on physical evidence, data, or MFL show interviews. And so here are the questions. Did you manipulate the hook placement that you caught while visibly targeting it? Uh, did you intentionally conceal a bass from your camera operator to manipulate hook placement? Did you visibly target Right, and did you visibly see it bass at any point while in the fact of fishing at land, simply scoring a second time? So that's that whole visibly thing. I mean, you can definitely see Matt Becker fishing for the same fish multiple times during the day. But here's the thing: he's like turning his head, like I'm not looking at it, right? Or like just, I mean, Takahiro, he's on live. He's arguing with his marshal. He's like, I just caught a, a five pounder or whatever, and he's like, if I back up. And I can't see him. I can catch him again. And he has that discussion with his judge or his marshal during, like, on live. So to me, that's just, like, semantics. And it sounds like the way Daniel Fennell interpreted it, he basically gave feedback to the anglers saying that, like, if you're not looking directly at it, then you're not looking directly at it. Which I think that's where this whole can of worms got really out of control uh, and created this unbalanced thing. Um, also, I understood that Spencer Shuffield wanted to stand up and address his fellow anglers at the meeting in St. Clair, and MLF told him to not do it or they wouldn't allow it. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. And this is not going to go well for Shuffield. I mean... I basically guess he's gonna he's gonna leave, right? He's not gonna pay this fine. He's gonna walk away. He can't come back from this on MLF. Does that mean he go to the opens? I don't know. But here's the thing: is the other thing that's just terrible is the inconsistency. So, and and I'm not, I'm not. What Spencer Shuffield appeared to do doesn't look good. And I, I, I know he's adamant that he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do that. And it doesn't look that way. <laughs> um, he did disappear once before a while ago as well, Dustin. I think that was more. Yeah, we can do it. We can do a poll. Um, but. Oh, actually, I was uh, I didn't I didn't share this. I was reading through this. I meant to share this. So here's the press release that you can you can read through here. Um, I kind of covered the points here, but the thing is, and and I think he should have been punished. He probably should be DQ'd. I mean, honestly, to begin, if the marshal was a competent marshal, um. Let me get the poll up.
put up a quick poll. Um, so, but there was definitely other anglers like Mark Rose, Becker, Takahiro. There's probably more that did things that looked really fishy on camera. I don't have all the details, but none of them got busted. And it seems like because maybe they didn't fail the polygraph, but I think the way those words were worded on the polygraph, I don't know. And polygraphs are weird. You know, I, and, and I don't know. <laughs> they can be manipulated. People can get good at passing them. I don't know. Right. So here's the thing he got DQ'd. Maybe he should have gotten DQ'd. <clears throat> Maybe they just disallow those fish. Right. If, if that happened twice, they take those fish off his, his score. Right. They just bring him down. <laughs> like those weren't verified. <clears throat> Then he could just adjust his weight and standings or something like that. I don't know. That could have happened. That should have happened right away. It should have never made it to this point. The the the, the judge should have done it. They should have been able to act on that very quickly. But here's the thing: is you've got Boyd Duckett being on the water during an off limits on Gunnersville. He sat a 10 minute penalty on day one takeoff. You've got Jeff Sprague. Who did some really? He he did some very similar things about unhooking fish with his back turned to the judge and didn't get it verified on a betting fish in Texas. Basically got away with it. No no punishment. He was sponsored by Toro at the time. Um, you've got. Malax, where there were several anglers throwing Alabama rigs with multiple hooks, which isn't legal in Minnesota. So they basically broke a state law and they did basically got nothing. I don't think they even lost those fish. I don't think uh, some were throwing a double fluke rig, which is not legal in Minnesota. And they were fishing two lines on Malax, which is usually allowed in BPT, but it's not allowed. So, like, there were <laughs> several state laws broken in Minnesota, and none of those anglers <clears throat> were given any kind of penalties. Uh, I think they got fined by the Minnesota DNR, and I think the BPT may even paid the fines for them. So, yeah, Sprague did lose the Toro sponsors, but it wasn't until another scandal where, for I think the Louisiana tournament, he basically, uh, there was stuff that came out on social media that basically had screenshots of his text conversations during the off-limits obtaining information and GPS coordinates. When that happened, that's when he actually got, like, there was nothing they could do, and then they had to find him, and he got DQ'd for that tournament and, and that kind of stuff. And that's when he lost uh, some of his Toro stuff. <clears throat> then, right, and just the whole polygraph. And, and, and supposedly, there's been lots of anglers that have failed polygraphs in the past that just get fined and it gets swept under the rug and nobody hears about it. So there's just this whole aura of inconsistency with MLF that just reeks of, you know, grossness and all that stuff. So that, that's really the problem is... that MLF... Seems to play favorites. The the superstars and the people with the sponsors and the 
you know, uh, conflicts of interest tend to get away with more and other anglers get crucified um, and or, or get different levels of punishment and other anglers get away with a lot more. So it's just, yeah, it, it's the good old boys club. So there you go. Lance Armstrong never failed a polygraph. Good point. So that's, you know, how much do you really rely on on polygraphs? I kind of did too. Like I always thought Shuffield seemed like a stand-up guy, but after watching that video evidence, even before the press release, it didn't look good. It just it didn't pass the smell test. You don't know what really happened, but it sure don't look good. It looks sketchy as f. Let's just there's no other way to put it. Yeah. So that thing is like Shuffield. It sure looks like he cheated. He got caught, is what it looks like. And now it's like, I mean, I don't know. Would Will Bassmaster take his money in the opens? I don't know. If uh, if Spencer Shuffield shows up at your local Fisher of Men's League or your BFL, are, are you going to willingly accept him to come in and fish? So I wouldn't say that bass is perfect, but it sure seems like bass is more consistent. Yeah, I don't remember exactly what the Mark Rose thing, but there was definitely some things on live that didn't look good for him. And you've got other anglers, just to credit them, and, and I guess, yeah, I don't know, we, we probably shouldn't applaud them for just doing what is right. <laughs> but, you know, you, you heard people like Wheeler and Alton Jones say, hey, you know, I already caught that six pounder once I don't I don't feel comfortable catching it again you know the next day. Um, but uh, uh, so I don't know what else to. Oh. Yeah, that the audio, yeah, of that uh, Marshall, uh, and basically having that conversation of like, yeah, we all know that everybody's catching the same fish over and over again, but it's putting a good show on for the viewers, right? <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, I, I had that bookmarked on Twitter. Let me see if I can find it. <clears throat> I might be able to get that to play. I do. Let's see if we can get this to play. This is some good stuff here. Thank you for reminding me, Clay. Let's see here. Hello, second forty-five thousand. I mean, I can't complain. I mean, I've been catching the same fish every day, but. Well, if you don't know what's happening, it looks really good on television. I think everybody here knows what's happening. I mean, everybody here knows. At home, they don't know that. <laughs> Some of them might have figured it out by watching background, but... Of course, we're at the 
St. Lawrence, you could catch the same one every time he's sitting on top of him. Every time yeah, he Cody Meyer told me he caught a he caught a four eleven eleven times one day. But then you could use the sight fish them as many times they bite. Mm -hmm. Which it made it a little harder this time, but it's not as uh, evident to the public watching it. That's audio of Sheffield, I believe, and his marshal having a conversation. Hopefully you guys could hear that. I don't know how well you could or could not hear that. <clears throat> could you guys hear it? Let me know. Loud and clear. All right. Probably sounded better for you than, than me, maybe. <clears throat> So yeah, I mean, like you just start putting all these puzzles, pieces to the puzzle together, and there's just a, not a lot of things looking good for MLF and the anglers and uh, in this tournament. <clears throat> and if you want to go back, I'm sure, I don't know, if somebody has the time, you could go back through those lives and you can definitely piece together some of these anglers very, you know, catching the same weight fish, very, I mean, these are bank-related smallmouth that are, you know, certain trees, docks, houses in the background that it's like, oh, yeah, that's on Twitter under Trade Zaldane. <clears throat> I don't know if you can still find it. It was June 16th that she posted it. That's the thing, right? Honestly, <clears throat> if these inconsistencies, if Sheffield lawyers up, and now for you know 35 40 grand the lawyers are probably going to take most of it <laughs> um, <clears throat> yeah i don't know who leaked the information clay but uh, it's out it has to be the marshal or the camera guy right or there was a hot mic during live and nobody realized it and somebody just clipped it from the, the live <clears throat> i don't know um but yeah, like based on being treated differently, you know, and him getting disqualified and fined and others doing breaking rules for and getting way less, I think Spencer will probably get his money and get to keep his money, but he's not gonna fish. <clears throat> yeah. But the Boyd the Boyd ten minute penalty, that's the lawyer goes, uh, so you were you broke this rule, you were on the water off limits and you got a ten minute penalty. Okay, but this guy gets DQ'd and costs him forty five thousand. Next, <laughs> right? Like, it's just a. But uh, let's see what else here. Um, yeah, so we talked about Sprague. Uh, yeah, we talked about Malax. Talked about Spencer not paying it. I mean, Clay thinks Spencer can bounce back. Yeah, I mean, Sprague and, and you know, I don't know. I didn't really see the Sukup thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's not it, it's not any worse for sure than what Sprague did multiple times. And I guess, you know, one thing is, like, there's these guys are in a lot of pressure. 
And, you know, we shouldn't judge any angler for their single worst day, right? Let's just be honest. If we all get judged by our single worst day in our lives, you know, we all don't look so good, right? <laughs> probably. Um, now, he's probably done with MLF, but, yeah. I mean, I don't know what to think. I li I'd like to give people the benefit of the doubt. And give them some, you know, a chance. Um, the elites start next Thursday, and then MLF tackle warehouse final event on the cross. I think starts on like Monday, which means I need to get a fantasy fishing videos out for those events. <clears throat> yeah, and that's probably what's going to happen. He's probably going to come to the opens next year. But yeah, interesting. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see, does this create uh, an additional ripple effect? <clears throat> the problem is, jumping back to the elites isn't so easy. you got to fish nine Bassmaster Opens, <clears throat> right, where they had 175 people sign up for all nine. So it's now cakewalk to go back to bass. There's a couple of them that potentially have Legends exemptions, but Bassmaster has to, like... Just because you can use a Legends exemption doesn't mean Bassmaster has to give you the Legends exemption. And most of the people that have Legends exemptions are part owner in MLF. So it's not so easy to just say they're jumping back. <clears throat> now, I didn't know about the Randy Howell penalized for an entire period. I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's not cheap either, right? Nine, they, they pay like crap. I mean, more likely, I mean, if, if you're doing it for the money, you'd probably be better off jumping to the MPFL. Yeah, I didn't hear the outcome of the the walleye tourney, but uh, they actually didn't get, they got, didn't get hit as hard as you'd think. I think that contract is gone now for all the anglers after a certain amount of years. Yeah, I mean, Ish and Lane are not out of it, but they, they got work to do, for sure. You know what? Jordan Lee is making. He's <laughs> he's winning an event every year or so. He's, I don't know, that he's, <clears throat> I would love to see Jordan Lee back to bass, but I don't think he's in any rush. We'll see. <clears throat> he seems pretty complacent taking everybody's money over there and, and doing well for himself. They are, let's see, we can take a live look at the points here, but they're definitely out of the top 10 right now. But there's a lot of points to be made and lost in the, uh... all right. So right now, Kyle Patrick's the last guy in because Kenta Kimura is already an elite. So basically the people above this covert banner are the people that would qualify if it stopped today. I think they have three more events. No, four. So they had five. They got four to go. They got St. Lawrence, which is coming up like this week. <clears throat> then they either go to Ozarks or there's Ozarks, Harris Chain, and Watts Bar left. 
but Casey Scanlon's a former FLW pro, former elite as well. There's Upshaw, 23rd. So let's see. the. You need to get to 834 as of now. So was it 80 points for Upshaw? Which isn't that much with that many tournaments left to go. Bobby Lane, 756. He's about the same. Uh, Ish Monroe. Did I miss him? Is he still down a little further? 605. So he's got 240, 50 points. So he's going to need to make some big moves. Ish is not mathematically out, but he's got work to do. But the thing is, there's 150. I mean, you can gain 150 points in a single tournament if the wrong people fail and you have a good tournament. Uh, yeah. I mean, Bobby, less than 100 back with four tournaments and the Harris chain at the end. <clears throat> I think uh, Clay, Milliken's just doing that just to prove Clay wrong. Um, yeah, starts tomorrow. Oh, Randy Hall had to sit during the cups. Okay. Watts Bar is going to be an absolute grinder. I think the last time they had a BFL there this in the summer or this time of year, it took six pounds to make the top ten. Or get a check or something silly. <clears throat> so, yeah. I don't know much more to say about MLF. I think we kind of covered it. So, in other news, I don't know if you guys heard about this. Wild West Bass Trail Apex Tour. <clears throat> Basically, uh, the guys have disappeared and people fished two, three plus events now and haven't got paid. So somebody ran off with the money on the premier tour out on the West Coast, one of the premier tours out on the West Coast. <clears throat> All right. Clay's sealing the deal. Basically saying Milliken can't do it, which means he most likely will. Yeah, so this Wild West is crazy. Actually, the Serious Angler guys did a podcast on it, and they kind of covered it with Ken Ma and Austin Bonjour, I think. And they talked about how, I think, Austin's out, I don't know, 10, 12, 15 grand. Ken Ma's out like 29, 30 grand. A lot of guys are just out like single checks. <clears throat> so uh, I think everybody in the MPFL got paid. They just didn't have their championship. And they actually, I think, I think they did pay everybody the minimum amount for the championship based on like, because I think if you made the championship in the MPFL, you got like five grand or eight grand or whatever it was. I think they paid that out to all the anglers as a minimum, but then nobody had the travel expenses and they'd have to put the tournament on. And so not quite the same. And MPL still around. They, they've been doing what it takes to make it right. This sounds like they have just like take the money and ran. Uh, so. Oh, somebody bought it now. Yeah. So I guess they, what they said is because of, the COVID laws out in California, everybody got used to getting their checks in the mail later. 
because of the no contact and all that stuff. So it was getting normal for not to get paid for 10, 10 to 15 days after the events. So it kind of, you know, it happened in a, like a three-week period, it sounds like. Yeah, Bastion HQ did a video on it as well. And they had a thing where they were, they had a payment schedule for this trail. So they were, it's kind of like, like Bassmaster, where like you pay your deposits as you go. And that was something they agreed upon with this tournament organization and the anglers did. So a lot of them were prepaid. So it's like, well, I already prepaid for it. I might as well show up and fish it as well. Right. So a lot of things didn't go their way for that. <clears throat> Um, so yeah, that, uh, yeah, and the thing is like this thing, I mean, there's a couple trails south of me where they've, they had like, they get like, you know, it might be called like the, the Southern Minnesota bass tour and it goes for like three years and all of a sudden some guy disappears with everybody's money. And then, like, I mean, it happens all over the place. Um, but it's just that this one is a little bit bigger, higher profile, and went away with a little more money than your average little podunk. I mean, I think it had food with Angler's Choice down in, like, Illinois in that area at one time. Let's, uh, let's get a quick word from... The Dream Team. Are you ready to reel in your next home purchase or refinance? Supreme Lending's Dream Team can help guide you through the entire mortgage process from pre-qualification to closing. We have a wide variety of home loan programs in our tackle box, including down payment assistance and first-time home buyer options. You can ask Hellebass. He trusted us to help finance his home. Contact the Dream Team today by searching Supreme Lending Dream Team or click the link below in the description or scan the QR code on your screen. All right, we're back. Thanks for your patience. Like I said, if you're in the market, going to get your dream home, lake cabin, refinancing, you know, getting a bigger garage, give my guy Aaron a call. He supports the fishing industry. It's worth giving him a shot. Yeah, and while you're there, you know, hit tap the like button gently, caress it. Doesn't uh, doesn't hurt you at all. Helps spread the word. We got 120 some in the live tonight. We're rocking and rolling, and uh, you know, we can spread the love and get a few more people on here. But we do have some tackle to open. Uh, I got some uh, some mail call here. I also can recap my uh, my tournament from last weekend. I can uh, talk about the Sabine River of the North. It turns out not every fishery in the North and in Minnesota is easy all the time. Much to uh, what you know, it leads you to believe. And you watch most of my tournament videos where I like we catch like 15, 23 pounders a day and call three pounders all day. This uh, this event was not like that. <clears throat> it was very very Sabine like. So we can we could talk about that as well. Do we want to talk uh, tournament or uh, look at the look at some baits? What should we do first? 
It's a little bit like Traverse. Traverse, yep. Traverse can be a little stingy. This was a little better than Traverse. Um, uh, you could screenshot it later. Um, that, that's what I would do. I would screenshot it, Kyle. Or you could watch the replay on your computer or TV and then scan it. Or you could have your girlfriend or wife scan it for you while you're watching. I'm I'm a I'm all about solutions. Would I trade my KMS for an Allison? Uh no. Allisons are made to go fast, but they're not really designed for fishing. So all right. People say Tony. What's up, Michael Minnan? You are, pal, not your. You are. Um, all right, people say attorney. So it was interesting. So it took out of Hastings, Minnesota, which is at the top of Pool 3, which is just below St. Paul, a pretty industrial area of the river. And then just below, maybe let's say a five-minute run down the river, the St. Croix comes in from Wisconsin. Uh, quick recap of the MLF. Yes, Spencer Shuffle got DQ'd. Other anglers got away with murder. Inconsistencies for years with MLF. Not a good look. Spencer Sheffield's going to fight it. If you want the full scandal details, go back to the beginning. Hope that satisfies you, JCB. <laughs> um, so, pool three, not uh, a mecca. It's, it's, it's definitely what I would call Sabine-like. It's got some industrial places. It's got some backwaters. None of them are great. The, the fish are semi-numerous, but a 14-inch minimum on the river <clears throat> is now easy task. I want to say the first day with 11 boats, 11 boaters, 11 coinglers, there were only five limits weighed. Or... Yeah, so it was, it was an immediate weigh and release. <clears throat> so it was like MLF style where we weigh it in the boat. Our AM or our boater verifies the catch, gets written down, pictures taken, <clears throat> let them go. Uh, but it's just five fish. Best five. And uh, so, yeah, out of 22 anglers, only five weight limits the first day. Gives you kind of a... Now, if it was a 12-inch minimum, I think you would have seen more limits. So if you, you put Sabine rules on it, then you get a lot of uh, four to six-pound limits. Four and a half to six-pound limits, probably. You could lock up to pool two, which is probably worse than pool three. Um, it's even more industrial, even less backwater, less fish density. I think it, it has its moments. I've done well there in the spring, but with the lock to me after practice was a worse option. The time spent in the lock, then you could go up the Croy, which you had like a 10 minute, 15 minute, no wake zone to get into the Croy. And then the, the, it has multiple slow wake zones through it known to be a really good spring and fall smallmouth fishery but gets pretty stingy in the summer a lot of skinny and small smallmouth in the summer plus a lot of boat traffic in the st croix cleaner water um and then you can lock down to pool four which is uh you, you got to go through red wing and then lake pepin and then when you get to the bottom of four that's where the saint jude goes out of if you've heard of that tournament and that that's that's a good pool uh lots of fish now the water's low right now um so when you go into red wing you have the choice so if you you've got a uh it's probably a 15 minute run 
probably 15 miles down to the bottom of pool three. And then you can lock through at that lock and dam to go into pool four. And then in Red Wing, you go down a couple miles and then you have the choice to go down the main channel, which there's probably 30 minutes of slow wakes before you can start running again. <clears throat> or you can go the Wisconsin channel, which is super sketchy, shallow. You're going to be blowing sand, risk of hitting stumps. There are some rocks back there. It's a dicey proposition at the current water level. I kind of explored it one night. I had to push the Camus across several sandbars going down current. Got out and pushed. <clears throat> but once you get down to certain parts of Lake Pepin and the river, it can be really good. So it's like, you know, do your run to uh, Houston, and if you can catch them in two hours and get back, you can look real good. But if you don't catch them in two hours, then you run back and you spend all your time driving and not catching fish. So what it really came down to is if you spent enough time or knew four well enough that you could be on the fish because with barge traffic, locks, people were not getting down there until after 9 o'clock in a 7 a.m. takeoff. And typically you'd be locking back at 12, 30, 1 o'clock to give yourself plenty of time with barge traffic. So depending if you're going back channel, you realistically could be fishing only two to two and a half hours in pool four. So if, if you didn't quite land on them, you lose a couple fish, you know, you miss a couple bites, things don't go right, maybe you don't catch a good enough bag and then you got to start working your way back. And if you spent all that time in pool four and you didn't really practice pool three, it's no easy task to catch keepers or quality keepers when you get back to pool three. I decided to stay in pool three. Kind of mix up some backwater and some uh, main river smallies. Uh, first day, I spent three hours fishing the over two, two and a half, three hours the main river. Mm, caught up some shorts, caught some uh, small walleyes, caught uh, some drum, caught a bunch of white bass. But it ended up being like 10 o'clock and I did not have a bass in the boat. So I decided to make my way back towards the, the backwaters. Fishing some pads on the way in, and I catch uh, like a 1.8 pound smallmouth on a frog. <laughs> and uh, that was the first fish, and that was at like 10:30 in the morning. Uh, and actually, at the time, it like that fish put me in like fifth place out of 11 with one fish at 10:30. Uh, I should say uh, there was a barge, like you could see the pool two lock at the top of the pool from where we were. There was a uh, when we were having our morning meeting, there was already a barge in the lock, and there was another one waiting to go up. So it really killed pool two morning for anybody. Sounds like there was a lock in the barge going down. People had to wait. They couldn't get. They didn't get through the lock until like nine or something like that, going down in the morning. So then I roll in this backwater, pecking around. I, I fished this other stretch that I thought was really good. My co my co caught a keeper largemouth on the first spot we tried, so he had one pretty early. So we both like ten thirty. We both have one fish. His is like two pound, or his is like one point seven. Mine's like one point eight. Uh, he catches a couple shorts on a senko on the stretch, and then we we go across the backwater and start to get some activity, and miss a couple bites. He catches a short, then he catches a keeper on a frog. So he catches two, and I've been kind of bouncing around, flipping, frogging, throwing a skinny dipper, 
but he catches two on a frog. I'm like, I'm locking the frog in my hand. So lock it in, fish methodically through this this kind of standing rice, catch my second keeper. It's like 1230. All right. All right. We get like and like it probably keeps me in the top five at that time. I'm like, I just need to grind this out. If I catch five back here, I'll be just fine. So work, work, work. Just one here, one there. I think I end up getting my limit by 130. And that has me in second place with like nine or 10 pounds or something, like nine and a half, 10 pounds or something like that. I actually end up culling twice, I think. I think I caught seven keepers that day. Uh, got up to 11 11, I think. Something like that. And it had me in second place, like a pound and a half out of first. Uh, and I think there was only four boater limits and one co-angler limit the first day. So day two, I decided I need to get back to that backwater sooner. But I did, there was one area I fished where I caught some like better, like 12 to 13 and a half inch smallmouth the first day. And it just looked right and it had some bait. So I decided to start there in the morning. And I probably spent an hour there and I caught two two pounders on a stupid tube. Um, my co got a really nice walleye there. He had a couple that he was worth measuring that were short. And then we uh, fished a closing dam down at the mouth of the backwater. He, I caught one that was almost a keeper. Big old catfish. I caught a big old drum. And then he caught his first keeper smallmouth. So then we finally get back in there, start frog fishing. And it's just not happening. We're getting some bites. They're not eating it. Seeing some northerns, uh, yeah, they were basically I was throwing old brownie, the the, the natural red uh, spro mostly in this tournament. Day two, I rigged up a uh, swamp donkey in uh, this color, but uh, ne never never hooked up on it. But I did throw that a little bit, um, and uh, it was slow. It took me a long time. My second fish actually missed my frog and I ended up flipping a BFE back in there and catching it. And he was not real big. He was like one, four, one, five. I mean, he was just barely a keeper. Um, and uh, finally got into an area and kind of got a little bit of a run. I got, I actually got like an almost three pounder for my third fish. And then I caught like two pounder, two pounder, two pounder. Ended up, I ended up catching eight or nine keepers that day. Uh, caught a lot more northerns caught a big old dogfish caught some really big pike that got me really excited because all day you could see the live score tracker and once i got to my limit i was about two pounds back and actually before i had my limit i had fallen to like third or fourth some guys that had caught limits had got ahead of me so when i caught my fifth fish that put me back into third place by like two pounds and then every time i'd call a little bit it would be like make it like 2.1 2.2 2.3 to give myself some some breathing room but I knew, like, if they could catch a four-pounder, they could beat me. And if I could catch a four-pounder, I could catch the guy in first. Um, and a couple times I bowed up on some big a big dogfish and big pike. And for, you know, that split second, I thought, like, yes, got it. It'll make for some good footage and a good video. Um, uh, I don't know what else to say. My, my uh, The spro that I was using for the tournament ripped 
and it was it was get I had to keep putting the weight back in almost like every few casts. So it was getting inefficient. So I tied on a new spro, uh, and I literally made five casts with it, and a pike bit it off. So then I had to dig out old brownie, which had I had fished through like multiple tournaments, and I fished that whole big stone weekend with TK. And I initially I put that frog on, and I caught my fifth keeper, got my limit, and then I called three times with it really quickly. So old brownie did me did me did me right, um, and that old brownie then survived like a ten twelve pound dogfish, and it survived like two or three big pike that we had to get the joss riders out, and uh, he's just uh, divine intervention. Pikey or the old brownie survives everything. <clears throat> so second place, decent check, trip to semi nationals on a Prairie du Chien in September, and a nice reel. So pretty stoked. And then Michael, my tournament partner, he got second on the coast side. So that was kind of the, the event, but uh, very Sabine-ish. And basically it was 11 pounds a day to finish second. And I think it was basically 12 and a half pounds a day to win. I, I should have went in there sooner because uh, congrats to Jason. He won it. He seemed to got his three pound bites early in the morning. And I probably should have just went in there early and started sooner. That That was probably my bad call. But all right, two time that we're an hour in. Speaking of walleyes, got uh, some some stuff from Tacklecraft. Ground advantage. Anybody hear my dogs snoring down below me? Uh, the first day, Michael. He, I think, Michael the first day had the biggest bag out of pool four he was fishing in a guy's boat and they actually uh they hit and took out their lower unit on the way back but somehow made it back to it so they ran that wisconsin channel and hit rocks on the way back and he had to drive down to lacrosse to get a new lower unit that night um so michael the first day had the biggest bag of the tournament and then the second day uh my first day co was fishing with jason so we were in that same backwater and he caught the biggest bag out of the back of jason's boat the uh, second day. So both days, the co was caught the biggest bags in the tournament. All right. Uh, so we got, uh, so I jumped in on a, uh, uh, I forget what these called. These are the, are they, are they the, the roots or the, the mini roots or the, what did they call them? Does anybody remember? But this is the, this is the crankbait size and style and model that TK caught his 27 inch walleye or 25 and a half inch seven pound walleye out of uh, uh, Traverse. So I had to get me some of these. A little bit more of a medium dive or a little bigger body. Uh, these are some sexy looking brim patterns. These uh, these should be fire up here. The new and improved root root 2.0. So I'm pretty excited about these. These uh, little rounded bills on them. Little Marty Burns, big M. I don't feel like my camera is doing the greatest of that, but uh, they are saucy. I'll have, to, I'll have to take a picture, post them on Instagram. So if you want to go check out Hellabass on Instagram, I'll, I'll get some better pictures of these. The, the root slim, I think. You're right, Darius. So they're, I mean, they're spicy little guys. And then I got uh, 
It's funny you're here, Darius, but look what I got. The three hook dream locker. Size comparison there. That's a. And I actually got to throw this, and I actually caught a couple fish on the Dreamwalker. I think it was like my first or second cast with the Dreamwalker uh, on TK's trip. I actually caught a pretty nice smallie on it. So this is the silent version. Only thing you've ever caught on a frog is a bird. Wow, I've caught so many bass on a frog. Like it's like one of my confidence baits. I can afford my own hooks. I'm good. Yeah. I, I told a long time ago, like, TK was always putting hooks on him. Like, do people really, like, I was like, we, you know, we value your time, TK, to put down paint. A lot of us end up changing our own hooks anyway. So it's like, why would you spend your time putting hooks on? You know, charge me, charge me the same. Charge me a buck less. I'll put my own hooks on, and then you can get more baits out. Um, that's a nice eye, Greg. I bet you there's some big eyes caught at uh, Leech in a couple weeks. Uh, AJ is graceful as a baby giraffe on the front of the boat, that's for sure. Oh, uh oh. Hopefully the postman doesn't screw you over, JP. What's up, TK? <laughs> uh. Yeah, so most people would swap hooks anyways. So like more, t you know, less time for TK with the uh, with the split ring pliers and uh, more time and more baits he can pump out. So awesome, much appreciated. Excited to throw these. I might uh, might be throwing this guy for some smallies uh, in the near future. Maybe unleash. So pretty uh, pretty stoked. So yeah, there's uh, the latest Valsa addiction from Tacklecraft. Actually, I wore my Tacklecraft sun shirt out on the boat tonight. There you go. Oh, what's uh, anything else to talk about? I, I had my let's see here. I talked about the well. No, 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 no. Uh, yeah, two weeks. So next week, I hope to have a guest. Uh, I'm thinking maybe the BFL uh, winner, All American winner. Pretty good chance. Probably eight thirty Wednesday night. St. Clair Elite start next week. Uh, lacrosse, final event for the Tackle Warehouse Invitationals starts on Monday, I think. And, uh, yeah. And then the following week, I'll be at State Leech. So if we have good internet, maybe I'll try to do a live from the house with the guys. Uh, <laughs> people are not advantage of ground advantage. Speaks of, is Daniel in here tonight? Did you get your package, Daniel, if you're here? Yeah, so I say anything we can get more baits, then the chances are somebody can get in a drop. I do plan to fish St. Clair at some point. That's definitely on my list. Uh, I should win that. Leech? Sounds like a good time. 
<laughs> nice. Uh, anything else people want to ask? Anything we can? We'll open for questions. It's been good. We've had over a hundred. We'll do. Yeah, I just need to find the time, but I definitely want to get out there. I've definitely had people offer. I just need to create the time. Um, TK, maybe that AJ, maybe the painter tour. We just uh, we meet in Detroit. I'll bring the Camus. You guys fly to Detroit, and uh, we, we have some of the other uh, campers or Hella Team Hella get us out on St. Clair. There you go, Steve's marshaling St. Clair. I think most of the guys are pretty cool. You're gonna, I would imagine there'd be a lot of watching live scope, is what I would expect. Uh, a lot of St. Clair locals here. I don't know, does it say like on their website, like on the page, or is it like I don't know? You tell me, AJ. Should we, we look together, AJ? I have my. I need to write my article tomorrow for fantasy. It's due. So you say live target hollow body frog. This product has been discontinued by the manufacturer. The fishing reports that mention the discontinued product are still available below. That's marked down as eight forty nine. Are they all gone? Oh yeah, so they're out of stock as well. Interesting. AJ is very sad. I don't even see there's no stock right now. Whoa. Yeah, be fun. <clears throat> Had to order an eight pack. Do they have an eight pack? Well, they just don't have much here for live target at all. Is Live Target going away? Maybe Live Target's uh, folding. We'll see Greg at Leech. Uh, I don't, I typically charge them, Travis, but I haven't even come close to running down that I'm aware of. I don't do any night fishing up here. We, I mean, as we talked about, uh, you know, it doesn't get dark here in the summer till like 9, 9.30, and it's light out at 5 a.m. doesn't give you a lot of time for night fishing. Add to cart from reports. Well, you're, like, very sneaky about this. Tonight, Tennessee Bassmaster. 
Mustad owns them. Huh, interesting. Oh yeah, you can add the cart from. Did they actually ship? When you add them from. Yeah, that's weird. Huh. <laughs> nice. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, I used to be like trying to find a better frog than the bronze eye, but I'm all in on the bronze eye now. Good luck at state, Dustin. That that was my TBF state was the one I just talked about on uh, that I took second in. Uh, so, what else is going on? Otherwise, we can wrap up early tonight, uh, and then uh, TK can get some uh, Kardashians done. I don't uh I don't have a long list of things to talk about tonight. And I could I could maybe like edit some of the uh the painter dudes the uh, extravaganza. I went through the footage and like named it all, but I gotta still put it on a timeline. Uh St. Clair is gonna be a live scope front facing sonar festival. I think that's uh what we're gonna see. They're gonna catch them pretty good. It's not going to be the most exciting thing to watch on TV. Although, hopefully, with they'll put some of the Hummingbird guys up and they'll have their Mega Live. And we'll get to see um, some of that. <laughs> Amy's packing. Do you want to come on and talk? Keep the show going, TK? You can come on and you could, uh, you could talk. Uh, TK did throw the Toad Thumper. I want to say the weight fell out pretty quick. Only after a few fish. He did catch a few fish on it, but I think it did not seem to hold up as well as the uh, the bronze eye. Yeah. He, the, no, let it go. Let it go, TK. Let it go. I have not seen any ship dates on the uh, the what is it? The uh, Evo Chatterbait. I haven't. Uh, does uh, Tackle Crap? Clemson's uh, Tackle Warehouse has like ship dates on that stuff. If somebody wants to jump on and talk, we could do that. Let's see here. Brands. Z-Man, Evo. October 31st is the date that Tackle Warehouse shows. AJ says he'll come on. Let's see here. Invite, copy. Brandon said he would come on. Uh, contact at Horseshoe. Wow. 
Bring eight. Steerman says, bring in AJ. Thanks, Amy. I like it. <laughs> Amy's basically pushing you out. She's like, you can use my computer. Uh... <laughs> uh... Yeah, Spro has rods and reels on top. Are they uh, available for purchase? How's your packing going, Amy? Yeah, it wasn't perfect for, uh, I don't see Spro on the list for the iCast. Okay, we just have Amy join. So Chris, most of it was in the beginning, the LML, MLF talk. Walk like a spook, he says. Oh, so they got us. There's a Spro reel. They're in stock. Next week. Members only when Amy comes on. So the I never didn't really hear about the Spro Vortex E series ninety dollars real. They have uh, six six and seven to three left and right hand retrieve. Interesting. I think there's lots. Of, I think I missed. Uh, speaking of frogs, uh, Berkeley came out with a warlord or something slop something lord swamp lord. Uh, I missed that in the iCast coverage. Uh, the weights fell out, I think, on a fish catch, but it was only like two or three. Felt like another doyo reel. Tax about five more. Yeah, Swamp Lord. Swamp Lord felt like a spro. Dumb name. <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, the Spro Slayers and KGB Signal. So the split $120 rod. They are all in stock. Then they have the KGB rod in stock. Their spinning reel. That's there you go. I'll tell you what. This Spro Lil John is a walleye catchers on pools two, three, and four on the Mississippi. This, this is a walleye smasher on the river in nasty shad. This guy right here blitz the walleyes. Man, Spro needs more crankbaits. If you want the uh, green pump, oh, oh, they're sold out. Dang it. I wonder if that's the old version. Do they have the Spro fluorocarbon in stock now? Come on, try that.
Google, is this the stuff that, uh, no, all sold out. Wasn't this the stuff that were like, was rated super high in the, uh, the ratings from Vastaging HQ? A rounded over hook point. That's a bummer. Uh, swamp ass swamp lord. Do we really need more frog colors? I mean, we we got white, we got black, we got brown. Although that natural red is really hard to find lately. Reliable braid tests. Like you want to see abrasion, breaking strength. I think the, the the tricky thing with like braid, right? On a slow, steady pull, all braids look really good. You typically break braid when you snap it, either on a like a, a slack lighting hook set or on like a dug-in, right? If your braid digs into your reel and you go to cast it, that's when braid surprisingly breaks really easy. Um so it's almost like you like how like uh, a test on how easy or not easy braid digs into your reel is probably one of the most important things so you're like the mega bass people that collect uh pop x pops or pop x's or whatever they are uh but you collect frogs uh i don't know i'm not that picky like i've done well with the daiwa j braid uh i like the uh the sunline frog and flipping braid yeah. My box is pretty boring when it comes to frog colors. I don't, I tried to find it. I tried to like, I mean, I like my old uh, true tungsten ones, but I tried to like force the Terminator and some other frogs, but the more and more I use the bronze eye, it just flat catches them. You get a really good hook. It's proven. It's the right softness. You can throw them on the dash of your truck if you want them a little softer. I don't know. Just trim the, trim the legs up a little bit. Throw some rattles in it if you're fishing in heavy mats. Other than that, just burn them down. Catch bass. I don't know. It's one of the few. I usually like to fight and buck the trends, but uh, I have become a conformant on the Spro 65. Speaking of conformance. What's up, AJ? What's up? You working hard or hardly working in the shop tonight? Uh, I was actually doing my taxes. Oh. Yeah. Is that your like your quarterly taxes, or are you finally doing the 2022 taxes? Um, quarterly ones. So sales. you're like staying ahead of the game. You're not like playing. No, games. no, not not income like uh, sales and uh, excise taxes. Hmm. Yeah, good old excise taxes. Yeah. I was trying to figure out my lighting in here. It's not great. There is but... in the new shop. Yep. Actually staying a little more organized. A little bit. I do like to trim my legs a little bit. Other than that, I don't really bend the hooks on the Spro. 
People want to know the results of what did you do to your natural <laughs> red frog? This one, Travis, you got it right. I tried to skip it and uh, you can't really see, but the one hook, let's see which one is it? This hook is bent. I hit the side of a, I went to skip it and hit the side of the boat. Oh, there we go. Did it, was this a fiberglass boat? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No damage to the fiberglass? No. Not that I saw, but yeah, bent the, completely bent the hooks out, tore it out. Not good. And it was the only frog I was really catching fish on at that point. No, I, I take that back. I caught a couple of live target, white one, big one. I have not watched. Have you watched any of the rate the bait? Um, I did. I actually watched their frog video. And that was it. I mean, they did the, I think the Spro got the highest. But Bobby's Perfect did well. They didn't have live target on there, so. Did they have the Guggenfrog in there? No, they did not. They had That's live target, or not live target, uh, Bobby's Perfect, Booyah, Spro, and uh, I think there was one other one I don't remember. So they, they, they picked frogs that were pretty good. So yeah. they all got like pretty good reviews. So it was like, these are all really good frogs everybody knows about. Uh, we'll just give you, we'll, we'll rank them which ones. I, I think the pad crash are still the best for the money. Like bang yeah. for your buck. They just don't last very long. I don't think they tear, tear too easy. But like on the river, if you're like feeding them to the pike anyways, it's, a, yeah. it's not a bad... No, I think I every think, box should have oh, some in there. Yeah. I think Milliken has a legitimate, like, he's doing really well. I, uh, the thing is, like, any, you can, like, so they're, they're all tricky in their own way, all these opens, right? Like, St. Lawrence, which starts tomorrow, like, you can go and catch 17, 18 pounds a day, catch 30, 40 smallies. If you're catching, you know, three and a halfs instead of four and a halfs, um, you could be in 150th. Yeah, you know, um, it's a fine line, and all of a sudden you lose a hundred points, and then they're going to go to Ozarks. Is going to be a bit of a grinder. He should do okay there. He's got some experience on the Ozarks. I don't think that'll trip him up. But then you got, uh, well, I said it earlier, the Tennessee Lake uh, Watts Bar. I, I mean, if you catch five a day there, you're going to probably make the top ten. Like that's gonna be a grinder. Like yeah. that's gonna make the Sabine look like uh, the greatest fishery of all time when they go. What are they? Think. So, what time of year are they there? I know they're it's in the fall. It's like early September, like yeah, the worst time real, ever. Real time. <laughs> Tennessee, like the worst Tennessee River Lake at the worst time of the year. <laughs> uh, Travis, uh, live target, yeah. live targets number one, then Spro. Then probably yeah. yeah, for me, it's uh, probably True Tongues and Mad Max number one, which are very expensive on eBay when you find them. Uh, so if anybody's uh, on the at the uh, the flea markets and they come across some True Tungstens, uh, grab them for me. Uh, and then I would say number two is the Spro. Number three for me would probably be. 
Swamp Doki. Yeah. But I, I mean, I, I cut like I think the Terminator is good. Frog, the uh, Terminator walks nice. Pad Crasher is pretty good. Sean, what is going on, buddy? Come on. As long as they're not like thirty dollars a piece, you know. I'll pay ten dollars a frog for the shoe tungstens. Speaking of switching hooks, I, I have been liking the new version of the Spro Flappy Frog. Uh, the, they fixed the weight issue, and those come with the tournament grade silver wire hooks, the Gamagatsus, and those. Oh, so they're like the whatever coating. Yeah, they got like that zinc coating silver. Zo wires, whatever. Like the plague. Yeah. No. Huh. It gets bites. You, you won't land any. Bites. Weird tackle versions, but I do have the traditional. I bought some to do like a taste test comparison video, but I haven't taken them out of the package yet. I have. I have them. I haven't thrown them. I have the whatever the one with the blades is, and I have regular oh people like this launch frog i have not i don't know if i've seen it in person i definitely don't own one i feel like the angle of the hooks look like they would catch vegetation if you were fishing in really heavy vegetation but i don't know the guy i was with this week uh at big stone he won it and that's what he was throwing as the launch frog i don't think it mattered i think any frog would work. Yeah. I've got a couple of the Sprinter and the Toya, the, the Booya, what, Pad Runner or Toad Runner? Yeah, toad Runner, I, I think. I'd rather, I, to me, I won't, I'd rather throw that Flappy Frog from Spro than those things, I think. Omni's got them back in stock, don't they? Yeah, they do. They've got the, the Flappy Frog back in stock. I was too concerned with, uh, Impulse ordering all the live target ones. So you see that on your little breakdown. <laughs> That's much appreciated. <laughs> Places the live target mouse sometimes. And back in the day, I remember throwing that just that white snag proof rat a little bit. Yeah. I was a big, uh, the popper, the old popper scum frogs. The old, old ones. Yeah, those things were brutal. <laughs> that's all, but that's all you, you could buy, you know? Yeah. I dabble with the frog. I mean, my tournament this weekend, I weighed eight of my ten fish out of the frog, so. Two years ago, I think 47% of my tournament fish that I cast a check in were on a frog two years ago. So I know Matt Pangrat claims that he's never weighed a fish on a frog in his life in a tournament. That's just like <laughs> mind blowing. But there's, I guess, in Oklahoma, there's not as much frog water. But still, like, yeah. zero. I remember Todd Castledine was catching bedded fish 
on Grand at the Toyota a couple of years ago on mm-hmm. Broad. Or on the Pop and Perch or whatever it is. Ugh. More bad news for Pickwick. A diesel fuel spill. That should all float on top. There you go. I know. From experience. Positive. Positive poly. Somebody thought it was a good idea to kill duckweed that way. It didn't harm the fish. I'm so with you, Chris. You got a little break, don't you, for your next tournament? My next turn. We have a we have a club tournament on the thirtieth, so it's a makeup one from the spring. We always play. We always schedule a tournament in March, and it's not even fifty fifty anymore. They didn't make hooks to change out those <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> Replacement frog. We're talking about like I'm talking about like mid nineties. Like is when I was throwing that thing. Like I was throwing it on probably twenty-five to thirty pound mono. I eventually upgraded and started throwing it on fire line. Yeah, I think now, like, because we used to sharpen them with like a hook file, because they would just be like two ballpoint pens coming out of the package. Uh, but yeah, the. Uh, just yeah you, the, in, the, in the way it was designed i feel like that that thick plastic would ball up on the hook too wouldn't it like that was part of yeah. the problem like, especially the popping one it would like yeah the, the popping one like, the head would turn they would back the whole thing and the, the, the front lip would just come over the hooks and you just get like this mangled ball back and you'd be like then pop off and you'd be like ah. uh yeah i was breaking down water with paper maps and bottom line flashers and I wasn't throwing on a frog rod like they have today. Yeah. It had some a lot more bend to it, especially in the middle. Biggest pro on the Camus and your biggest con. I can let me go first on this. Biggest pro on the Camus is the um, I don't know what you call it, the little uh, the sponsor or the sponson, like the rear corner. Yeah. Yep, because I could cast around the power poles on the other side. Raptors. Raptors, sorry. Yeah, you, you like AJ as a co, he would just tuck like right back in the corner and he'd like basically with his like he'd be able to like be behind the Raptors that never like was when you gave yourself a lot of extra room, like you were never yep. with three guys in the boat, there was plenty of room because you basically the front guy would be at foot 20 and you'd be at foot one and then right so um any cons for you aj no i don't think so i would say my biggest con is the trailer yeah Uh, actually my fenders are a little flimsy and uh the my spare tire like the way the trailer rides easily catches on things like ramps that have heaves and stuff like i'll scrape <laughs> and then uh the boat like when you unhook it and you go down a ramp the thing like it, i mean it never had an issue moving but i think just bobs like this like yeah. when you unhook the front it like scares the, the bejesus out of you yeah the um, first time you guys put it then, in i was like oh <laughs> yeah i was just watching it like 
Uh, <laughs> I just get in the habit of like backing it down, unhooking the front, and then going the rest of the way. Um, and then the cooler melts ice like nobody's business. I need to like probably insulate the lid or something. That's really. And then they chintzed out on the tube where you run your wires. They could be about six inches longer on each end if you rig your own boat. TK says, I don't know why he would. He <laughs> likes the scissor holder because he knew where to pick up the scissors, but he would never put it back there. So then I would have to take it off the deck and put it back in the scissor holder. It's a magic scissor holder. They just end up right back in there. Yeah. Uh, it's like, yeah. It's like that, 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 uh, TikTok, where like the wife's complaining about the laundry, <laughs> and he's like, oh, "I don't know, I, I want to tell you about this, but when I just set my dirty clothes here, they just magically get clean and folded and end up in my dresser." <laughs> um, it's a lightweight steel fender. Um, I, gotta, I guess I didn't. Pay. It's not not the suspension of it or the ride or the pull of it. It's just it's the fenders are a little light, so you can't step on them without bending them. Um, even though they put diamond plate on top of it. And then just the way the boat like fits and balances on it, it's a little weird when you unstrap it. Um, but the ride and the pull of it is really good. No, I think AJ's got the inside line on the Zell Dangerous painting job, from what I heard. Yeah. As long as it's not um, swim baits. When I was looking, for me, it was really like Camus, Phoenix... Or Bass Cat. Those are the only ones I was really seriously looking at at the time. We definitely talked about Spencer for the first half an hour shop life. You're going to have to be part of the replay squad. Rewinder. Catch the replay on the uh, your favorite podcast app. But yeah, yeah, we, uh, we beat that MLF horse to death. What else is on your mind, AJ? Um, you're painting some baits. You getting you like paying yeah. the bills after your two week fishing trip or what? I'm trying to. So, I just uh, painted up some rock crawlers today and some KVD 2.5s. Are you gonna be? Uh, uh, are you gonna start painting gravel dogs? No. Uh, you know what that actually reminds me of? I'm trying to think if I have one in here. I don't think I do. Berkeley made a bait. It was called. It was a big square bill that was like a uh, kind of like a wiggle wart. It had the same action, but you it would blow out real easy. But if you hmm. crawled it, it was it was actually a really nice bait. I wish I can't think of what the name of it was though. Was but that's the, uh, what was that series of heart frenzy? No, it was it was after that. It was in like their new run. But that's what it lo- it looks a lot like that bait. Thanks, CK. See, I can have inventory sitting on the wall. There you go. Yeah, I think I, striking. Any any, any any inventory you want to highlight? Anything that uh, you think people should uh, like? Custom paint QVC here. I did up some of these jigs. Is this the is this the jig? Yeah, it's the jig. This is the uh, the Coingler special. This is so just a little backstory. This there is the go. jig that 
AJ ties for himself, but until recently had not put on the site. Yeah, and it's my best. It's my best color. <clears throat> yeah, those are the color. So, that, uh, is that a, a half ounce? That was a seven sixteenths. The one I was throwing with you, with you guys was a five sixteenths. Uh, which is usually what I throw unless it's real windy or fishing real deep. I'll just wait for it to hit the bottom because well, now you don't have to feel your jig. You don't need to feel your jig. No. Nobody knows that. Um, but that that color, it's uh, just like a green pumpkin. A couple different, like a more browner green pumpkin, regular green pumpkin. Are they, are they live uh, on the site? They are under the what? color of Mendy. They are on there. Is it the heavy or the light wire? It's in. I did it for both. Mendy Magic's the color. Mendy Magic. Yep. There you go. Say seven dollars a piece. Yep. It's no blockage jig, but I mean, it's all right. Oh, but it takes a while to hand tie that and that square cut rubber splitting it because, like, a normal, like, round rubber you can like pull and cut, and then all the strands will pop off. This square cut mostly because I got it on sale. You literally have to peel each individual strand apart, and it's such a pain, but it does, it does make a difference. The Mendy Magic. <laughs> I put a link down in the chat. Uh, yeah, you just knocked off Missouri Craw. Congratulations. It's just, not Missouri Craw. Missouri Craw's got brown in it. <laughs> and red. It is similar to that, though. That was kind of the what I was looking for. But I caught... Maybe, uh, I, should get, maybe I should get some of these for leech. Yeah. Do smallmouth eat these? I don't know. Guess we'll have to find out. Did they, did, did they eat this one in? Uh, they eat. They clear water. This color. I've yeah. only seen it work in dirty water. They do eat. I had uh, the biggest bag of fish I ever caught was on that color. You should send each one of these with one of your trailers. Just one. I should. <laughs> just one. I thought about doing that as a like a promo, like just pour up a bunch of them and just send a bag with it. And when somebody asks or for a refill, like, like, oh, just throw like three of them in there. <laughs> like a little kit. Then when they tear out because that hook slot's too thin. And then you people sending you emails be like, oh, I, I need more of those trailers. <laughs> Catch so, them anywhere. I, I didn't I didn't really pay attention to it. So we threw those three baits in my bait pile, right? Before you, you left. And like at the end of the day, uh which will probably show up in the video but tk and i were just blazing around this lake for the like we were like it was like tournament time we we're like we got to leave by this time and we're just like i'm going right-handed he's going left-handed we're just blazing down like swimming jigs skipping jigs under docks and we were just like every dock like boom 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 and like the whatever i had on had like uh i, I think i'd finally snapped my little keeper like it broke and like the the I got down to like one leg on the chunky D I was fishing 
and like then I lost that, and then I like went down the pile and grabbed another thing and caught like one fish on that, and then that you know I was like going through, re- and then I was like I came across one of yours, and it was literally one fish shredded. Pick up yeah. another one, one fish shredded. Like, yeah, they don't last. They weren't like whoever designed them with that with the hook slot on each side was just a dumb idea. Yeah, it it can't be that hard for you to take a Dremel and just grind that slot out. Yeah, I know, but I want to make them even. For me, I can just keep pouring them, and it doesn't matter. I tear it out, I just melt it again. And yeah, but then you you're, just, you're just fixing it. That's what's one less cast. Well, efficiency. Yeah, I think you. Sh- I think you should take one because it's a multi cavity. Yeah, you should take a Dremel and take the slot out of one of them, and then see how it goes. And then if you like it, then you can just knock them out the rest. Yeah, hurts to do that to a two hundred fifty dollar mold though. What's that? It hurts to do that to a two hundred and fifty dollar mold, though. Then it's custom. <laughs> I just need to have them machine it that way. I'll just get my own, my own done. So rather than you just take a Dremel and customize it, you want to pay two hundred fifty dollars for another mold. No, I just have my guy that owns a machine shop make it. He's not going to do it for free. Yeah, but he'll do it for stuff. He's getting he's getting close <laughs> to retirement. <laughs> I'll just take the other five, then pour them one at a time for you guys. TK now refers to him as the, himself as the one. He is him, <laughs> the one. Yeah, I did at the river this last weekend. Uh, what uh, Rapley uses VMCs. They're decent hooks. I I typically fish them out of the box until they kind of get beat up, and then I'll change them. But I I I don't think twice about taking a new Rapley out of the box and fishing in a tournament. Yeah, I wouldn't either. They're good enough. I'm not like I don't know. Like if I I'm putting hooks on one of my baits that I'm putting hooks on, I'm going to put good hooks on, but a lot of times I'll just, unless they're real junky stock hooks, I won't change them. Unless I know, like, that's the crankbait I'm going to be using. Usually I carry treble hooks with me, too. Maybe I could throw my, my custom DT-10s for smallies. Yeah. Are they catching a couple of decent fish on the, the, the DT-10 in practice about a month ago? I saw that was the first bait you threw in that one tournament video. <laughs> Wasn't some I do tackle. Have, I do have older uh, DTs that have that came with sure sets that I have not swapped out yet. Because I will use them for practice. Honestly, I've never had problems hooking fish on sure sets. But I would imagine if I fished down south around a lot of wood and stumps and stuff, I wouldn't love it. But around grass, it's not an issue. I don't know. You could pop those hooks off and give it to somebody that's running tip-ups, too. So I think that was the preferred hook for a long time. Hmm. On your Ozark. I mean, I think what Ozark Trail Crank, that's a Walmart brand. So they're like $3, 4 or $5 cranks. You know they're skimping somewhere, and it's probably on the hooks. So... Yeah, well, you guys got on and 
you mentioned the Berkeley Frog. I'm excited just to just because of the hook that I think they're going to put in it. I noticed, like, uh, in Tackle Warehouse, uh, not not due until October. Yeah. So just in time for winter for me. I mean, like, frog season's over at that point for me. So it's like, well, I'll just wait till March or April. Well, I'll buy them in the winter when I don't think I need eight of them, you know. I'll buy a couple to try. And then they'll sit in my box for a couple of years and I'll throw it. Pike loves sure sets. Oh. Actually, I think this is one of your stupid two books. I don't know where the rest of them are, but I'm pretty sure this is one of them. Yeah, it looks like up on the stream. But I don't know what I did with the bag of them. <laughs> Can't find them. Well, well, I'd say I'd get you some more, but I'm out of 316. So, I need to order well, more of those. you need. As you heard. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's why it's the only peg that's empty. Because <laughs> you keep telling people that's the only size you need. And like, nope. Yeah. They watch the replay and they're like, oh, <laughs> 10 packs of 316. AJ just keeps pouring quarters and eights. And yep. he's, got, he's got a thousand each of quarter and eighth, but everybody just wants 316. <laughs> yeah, I keep being, I, I got to order more of those more hooks that's an easy four too no paint they never mess up uh yes the the dial so it's pretty i've kind of had already made it up so i've got uh uh dobbins 743c extreme i have two of them i use them both for like small mouth like tubes finesse jigs things like that smally stuff and uh one of them i have like a Corrado Eye, and I don't love it. So I think I'm going to take that Corrado Eye off, put that Tatula 70 on there. That should be a, a bad little mammer jammer, and then uh, I'll probably offload the Corrado Eye on eBay or on one of those Facebook swap Shimano boards. I think you're talking to AJ. Three odd. Three odd. Yeah, it's uh, but it's much wider gap than like most people use the Gamagatsu, and I love that hook for a shaky head, but this one has a bigger gap than it. Much bigger gap. Tube not included. Yeah. Uh, cadence for midsummer smallmouth. Uh, as fast and as wild as you can possibly work it. That's what I would say. And that's when it's also a good time to put down the Mega Bass and get like a Duo Realis or an X-Rap even works that has that wider, travels more side to side. I haven't tried the BKK trebles. Uh, I was pretty impressed with the... What are the, uh, I think of the Ichikawas. I put those on for my spring tournament up north. I got into the. Did you wake copper? Did you the tree? You woke up? Oh, let's go I got sleep it over there. Into the G finesse trebles. 
AJ's for, website uh, is Horseshoe Tackle. I put uh, it in the chat. I could maybe go back and uh, pin it. Yeah, this is HorseshoeTackle.com. There. Should be pinned in YouTube now. You just search, search, what if I search Mendy's Magic? Will that, do uh, you think it'll uh, It probably doesn't because I didn't mess with the SEOs on it. Well, I don't know, I might be, should I be scared? <laughs> I might find some stuff I don't want to see here. Yeah, I don't know. Well, there's only like, I don't know, 30 Mendy's in the United States. I so. guess there's uh, Sergio Mendy's, he had a song named Magic. Mendez. What if you absolutely right. blow up for, uh, in the, uh, the Hispanic market. Probably. Uh, everybody's certain. They're like, oh, look at this jig. I uh, was a big fan of Sergio Mendez, but uh, now they're just buying your jigs. Yep, on tacklecraft.com. No, I, I kind of just, the stupid tube head, I think it kind of does a similar thing, honestly, but they were kind of doing the same thing. I mean, that basically using that bell sinker inside with that HP hook, right? Basically has a very similar effect to a stupid tube. Yeah. I, the thing I didn't like about around. that was that, that, uh, that there'd be something in the way of that hook gap. I don't know if it mattered or not, but in my head, like that weight being in that hook gap will prevent it from coming out. Yeah. I mean, it depends if you're using a real small one, probably not, but if it was a bigger one, right? Yeah, yeah. like. But yeah, I think Stupid Tube does the same thing. Why is TK all of a sudden interested in. You're not. First of all, you don't go fishing anymore. You, you've already went fishing this year. You've yeah. used up all your fishing for the year. You're done. Uh, and uh, you're not going to tear up your precious prowler tubes. Yeah. So I know Travis. Better hookups with the Texas rig. I know Travis is the same way. He doesn't use a wide gap hook on his tubes. I think he uses, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Travis, but you go with the kale hook, right? Like big wide gap. I've gone to just straight shank hooks for my tubes. Uh, Mike, my buddy or my my partner Michael really likes those trocar tube hooks for flipping uh, the craw tubes. Yeah, he catches them. <clears throat> and I kind of stumbled upon the straight shank thing by accident. I was throwing something else and I put it on a craw tube, and I just never missed one. Yeah, no, that works. I do really well on that ring DWG hook on crowd tubes as well. I'd actually bought those that trip to throw them with the crowd tube, and then I started catching them on straight shank and never never tied one. I still have them. I never put <laughs> one on. Hopefully you put those in the bathroom and get many years of enjoyment out of those three issues of Bassmaster I gave you tackle craft. So next year, if we do it again next year, make sure you bring a couple issues of your favorites, Bassmaster Bass Times. Yeah. 
Mr. Taylor's a big jungle wide gap. Yeah, well, we do what we can. Speaking yeah. of Travis, did you see the pictures of my uh, my my new top waters? I don't have them with me. I, sh I don't know if you've seen those yet, Travis, but. Uh, I'd be jealous. I'm guessing you would approve. <laughs> Magnum tubes? Yeah. I mean, I'll do like a flipping tube. Like what, like a flipping tube is like a, what, a three and a half? For no, it's probably four. Four inch tube? Yeah. I'll, I've, it's been a while, but I used to throw those more. I think you and I are the same like way. I'll throw that big more. bites tube, which is a little bit bigger. My go-to uh, stupid tube now lately has been the Exxon tube, which is like two and three quarters, I think. I'm pretty much for a bigger size. I just go to the craw tube because it's wider. The Chompers one's even bigger. Mm -hmm. Probably like one and a half times the size. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't pick Spencer <laughs> for the final match. <laughs> uh, well, they screwed it up for. The Invitationals, the last Invitational on the Potomac, they ended up basically not counting anybody's points because last minute uh, Dakota Ebear dropped out and they never made the adjustment on the roster and they didn't send it out. So they basically had so many people uh, complaining that basically nobody got points. The Zell Muffins. Yeah. So you guys know AJ came and fished with us and he didn't bring us muffins? Yeah. That happened. Kind of time. He also didn't bring anything to bake them. We had a kitchen. You could have baked them there. Yeah, I could have. I could have just made muffins there. We were fishing too much, though. That was not the trip I was expecting. I was expecting to sit around, drink beer, BS. You guys went, <laughs> you guys went fishing. Hardcore. <laughs> Uh, I don't think anybody on the chat or here thinks Spencer is going to be with MLF next year, but we could be wrong. If they're going to take him, if you're going to take your tournament organization to court, I don't think you're fishing with them next year. But I feel like it's starting to rain out here. We had a little bit today. Every time I come home, there's like my grass is this long because it's rained nonstop since I left. We gotta bail it. Uh, Horseshoe Custom Grass Hay Bales also available yeah. on the site soon as well. Yep. Right next uh, to the Muppets. I, don't, I think a bear didn't. I think a bear was just. I don't. I think he didn't fish Potomac because I don't think he wanted to like rush himself getting to St. Clair. And I probably maybe would have like cut into his practice. And since he's like in contention for the BPT Angler of the Year, I think that's why he didn't go to the Potomac. That's just my guess. You'll have to look what my uh, bass uh, drain the lake ranking is. I know I moved up even though I didn't have a full lineup last tournament. I'm in the top. I'm like in the top. 80 now. Nebraska math. Yep. Counting's hard. <laughs> Told you the N stands for knowledge. 
Yep. All the secrets are coming out. It's not good this year. It's too wet. Well, can you, can't you dry it out with your super fancy ventilation system? <laughs> hmm. oh. yeah, TK, you should probably use a filter. It would help a lot. The juicy juice. Hmm. I think I'm going to come up with uh, some muffin stickers. Yeah. If you buy a hundred dollars of three sixteen sound stupid dupe heads, you get a free sticker. <laughs> yeah, I got the these are the last ones I got there. Uh Ooh. nice and glittery. I've seen they've like pushed those quite hard in like their promos. Yeah, they did a promo and it was like fifty for nineteen bucks. I was like, whatever. Something different. And if you order from, you typically get a sticker yep. in your order. So it's random. You get the uh, the secret AJ Mendy magic jigs. You're gonna probably get a sticker with them. Yep, you will. There you go. The muffin game. So, yeah. and <laughs> so you're saying if anybody orders stupid tube heads or Mendy magic jigs, they'll get glitter stickers. Yeah, they'll get glitter stickers. Stripper glitter stickers. <laughs> nope. I got. I don't know how many. I got. I got a bunch right on your back stuff. pocket of your uh, your your. Uh, are My your jeans rifle. already uh, bedazzled, Travis? So they'll blend right in. I'll have to put them on my Levi's. That way, they look like rock revivals. So he went to Saginaw pre-practice. So he skipped the Potomac to pre-practice Saginaw Bay. I never had any pogs. <laughs> I had a lot of pogs. Did, did you take a nap, nap Brandon? <laughs> Late there. He's young. It's the East Coast. The least coast. Not on normal people time. <sighs> All right. I feel like we're just kind of we've, we've kind of hit the end. Answer people's questions. Yeah. Kind of thinking about ordering some Mendy magic for my tournament coming up. Hmm. Yeah, he went and got the singles. Makes sense. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I think we covered some ground. Some good conversations early. So if you came in late, go back and listen to the beginning. Either Facebook or YouTube or uh, on your favorite uh, podcast. What's your favorite podcast? What's your app of choice for podcasts, AJ? Um, well, now a lot of people are doing them on YouTube. So I usually try to watch them on YouTube. Okay. That way they get the... The nice thing, if you have, uh, I'm a big YouTube premium guy, it's well worth it. And you can listen without having the screen on. Uh, Well, I can have it on my computer and then uh, I have Bluetooth headphones so I can be in the paint. Sure. 
I like I like to listen in the truck and Bluetooth all that stuff too. So then you know it's nice not having the screen running all the time. Yeah. So. Good deal. Well, thanks for coming on, AJ. Extending yeah. it to the full two hours. So you know that way TK didn't actually have to like help Amy pack. So yeah. doing doing God's work. Um, yeah, this YouTube YouTube premiums a there's no ads. B you can turn your screen off on your phone and still listen to it. That's the two big things, I guess. But it also no, it also allows you to down. I don't use this as probably as much as I should, but if you fly at all or go through a lot of areas that don't have good signal, you can download videos or download streams or podcasts and then replay on demand. TK, we know you got YouTube Premium. <laughs> all right. Well, cool. Thanks, everybody. Uh, as always, uh, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less. As always, thanks to all of you that hung in till the end of this podcast. This has been another episode of Hella Bass Bass Fishing Podcast Experience. Please consider sharing this with any of your bass and buddies and friends. This is the best way for podcasts to grow is through word of mouth. Also, don't forget to search Hella Bass on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, or just about anywhere else so that we can connect in more ways. As always, here to help you catch more bass and suck less. <laughs>